This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Carlton. P. Cripps. Three votes. And I declare the winner for the 2022 Brownlow medal is Patrick Cripps of the Carlton Football Club. It's an overused term in football, but Patrick Cripps is honestly one of the best people you'll meet in football, a wonderful person. It was reflected in his Brownlow winning speech last night that he'd had difficulty public speaking. He was very, very forthright and honest, explaining that uh, he's so professional. We know what a wonderful player he is. He'd sought some assistance in regards to that as well. It was an incredible victory speech. Patrick Cripps winning the Brownlow medal ahead of Lockie Neal and Tuke Miller. Cripps on 29 votes, Neal 28, Miller 27 then Brayshaw at 25, Oliver at 25, Petrarca at 24. And I think what will be widely regarded as one of the best counts, certainly in modern football history, it was absolutely captivating stuff. Now, it's not without controversy because I can tell you that Brisbane were frustrated with the result, given the fact that Cripps was let off on appeal by the tribunal for that two-match ban on Archie. Lockie Neal finishing one vote back. So they weren't impressed at least privately, with the result. And Gil McLaughlin has been quoted in the AFL record um, in recent weeks in regards to that tribunal decision, and this is the controversial aspect to all this, as saying that people are aware I was very agitated by that decision. That's the appeal decision. And the AFL in the off-season will push ahead with a review of the um, MRO appeals system. You'll recall, obviously, that uh, Cripps Cop two weeks... um, He was given two weeks, then on appeal, basically one, arguing there'd been an error of law. And the controversy there, without getting bogged down in it, was that it was open to Carlton to argue it wasn't a bump earlier in the week. But he had good legal counsel, and it's affected and impacted the Brownlow result. I don't think you can argue Patrick Cripps was a deserving winner. Having said that, that's an interesting, controversial aspect to all this Brisbane upset with the decision, at least privately. And uh, Gil McLaughlin quoted recently saying, people are aware I was very agitated by that decision, he didn't think it was in the spirit of protecting the head and the um, intent of those tribunal guidelines. Bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. Josh Junkley was on the red carpet last night. He's got a decision to make, either staying at the Bulldogs, going to Port Adelaide or going to Brisbane. Hasn't made, made up his mind yet. I spoke to him on the red carpet last night. What I can add to this story is that the Bulldogs have increased their offer. Their term is now five years, and the money is comparable or comparable to Port Adelaide and Brisbane. So if he leaves the Bulldogs, it won't be on account, according to sources um, linked to the situation, it won't be on account of the term or the money because the Bulldogs have upped their offer, I can report in that regard. It's comparable now to the other deals. Now, Dunkley has a partner who was there last night, a wonderful partner who is playing netball in Adelaide and is from Brisbane. So I think it's more of a family decision at this point in terms of what he wants to do. And we should find out about that in coming days. But the Bulldogs do want to keep him and they've upped their offer in that regard, essentially going five years. And I understand it's close or certainly comparable to the alternative money. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. Collingwood are obviously devastated because... You expect to play well next season, but you've got to come around 365 days and there's no guarantee of getting to the preliminary final. Next year's team will be a different look team. I expect Jordan Dugowie to stay, 
But obviously they're aiming to get McStay in, and that's expected to happen certainly. Frampton in, as well as Bobby Hill. And that all hinges on a very important decision concerning Brody Grundy. Now, Darcy Cameron didn't have his best game on Saturday night. Obviously, they, they uh, rely at the moment on Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox in terms of the ruck stocks. McStay will provide them with another uh, big body. But this all hinges on Grundy leaving the club and clearing some salary cap room. My understanding, and I can report, is this is on, this move to Melbourne. You know, I think Melbourne have accounted for this. Collingwood have accounted for this. They want to create the space. There's been dialogue now, I understand, between Collingwood, Robbie Durazio, his manager, and Melbourne for some weeks. This is not a surprise. Grundy's got his exit interview over the next couple of days or so, and I expect that uh, at least formally um, he'll, you know, I guess request a trade to Melbourne, and that'll start to become uh, a real situation in terms of Collingwood paying some of the money, Grundy going to Melbourne, Collingwood get, getting back some picks, and obviously freeing up a significant amount of salary space to start to um, get in on those other players. A lot of people will ask why, given the fact that Cameron struggled on Saturday night and Grundy's such a good player. I think, and um, this is what this is from trade sources, not club sources, that Collingwood's view is you only want a certain amount of the salary cap tied up in your ruck stocks. For example, around a million dollars, I think, was the model at Hawthorne under Graham Wright. At the moment, Collingwood's got close to one and a half or two million dollars tied up in their ruck stocks, and they want to reallocate that money uh, in a sort of money ball type situation with the cap. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. An update on the Bombers coaching search. Spoke to senior club leaders last night at the Brownlow. They want to finalise a coach now in the next two weeks, i.e. within the week following the grand final. This has reached a critical stage, this pro, uh, process. I spoke to Lockie Whitfield on the red carpet last night, interviewed him. He gave a resounding endorsement for James Hurd. Obviously, Hurd had been an assistant coach at the Giants, certainly on a part-time basis this year, and had struck up a really good relationship and rapport with the players, including Whitfield. Whitfield couldn't speak highly enough of Hurd. Regarding Brad Scott, Essendon want to run a process, are running a process, and their view is that Scott has to submit himself into that process, or at least part of it, i.e. do the interviews, present all that type of thing, um, to uh, to get the job. You know, there is a view, a strong view in football, that it's Brad Scott's job if he wants it. Um, that's very hard to verify, obviously, externally from the process. But I spoke to Brad Scott up in Sydney on Saturday night at the football, or Saturday afternoon, and he simply couldn't comment on his interest in Essendon, said it would just, you know, could get misconstrued and all the rest of it. He could easily rule out any interest in Essendon. He's got an awesome job, a plum job at the AFL as the football boss, a high-paying job, probably a long-term job. So you'd have to think that he, well, he is interested in Essendon, but the big question is whether he's formally applied. And I think he'd like to get asked and obviously them to chase him. But Essendon aren't just going to make some godfather offer to someone external to their process. They've got a process and somehow, if Brad Scott wants to get involved in that, that would have to be happening behind the scenes now within the next week or so, because in two weeks, they'll have appointed a coach. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. Just some further fallout from the weekend. Obviously, the big story at Geelong concerns our man Max Holmes, who is battling a hamstring injury. Holmes had a running session yesterday, Wednesday, the crucial day, to determine his availability and fitness. I asked Simon Lloyd, their football boss, about that on the red carpet last night. So obviously, the... Uh, potential players that could come in include Parfit and Menegola. They're the main two. Menegola is an interesting story. He had gastro late last week and, in fact, waited in his car in the build-up to the game on Friday night just to isolate himself from the team from a gastro perspective. 
But in case they needed him as an emergency, he waited in his car until the last possible moment with the gastro in case he got called up. So uh, quite a sacrificial act in that regard from uh, Menegola, who would be great, as would Parfit for the Cats. So Wednesday, a crucial session there. They're also having a light run down at the Cattery this morning, Geelong. In terms of uh, Sydney, Sam Reed's crucial up forward. He's important up forward. He's got this adductor injury, which is a groin injury. Look, that's going to be hard to come up from that, you would think. It puts McLean and Amati, who did a big session on the SCG post-game Saturday night. Watch that in terms of getting his training loads up and the rest of it. Those two would be certainly in the frame um, to come in for the Sydney Swans. An incredible culture within the Swans. I was in the rooms on Saturday night. The interviews were slow to come out post-game. I was down there for Triple M, and uh, you could hear them singing in the background. They are pumped up, the Swans. There's incredible culture, the Bloods culture. It's on this week. It's going to be an incredible grand final, no doubt. I think it's the two best teams that have got through. And it's interesting because they're the two teams that Collingwood in the finals have lost to by six points and one point, respectively. Just wrapping up a few final issues. Jack Gunston. Hawthorne's waiting on an answer from Jack in regards to what he wants to do. He's deciding on Brisbane. I think he's keen on the Lions. They could offer him a longer-term deal. that would probably extend his career. But he's obviously got family in Melbourne. His dad, um, Ray, was acknowledged um, very appropriately at the Brownlow last night. A senior figure at the AFL who, unfortunately, and very sadly, passed away prematurely this year, Ray. So um, Jack's got a tough decision because he's got family in Melbourne. But Brisbane would be better, I guess, from a career perspective. So we'll find out probably on that this week. And just on the umpiring regarding Collingwood over the weekend, the AFL's got no position in regards to the Papley thing. They're being pretty cautious. There are a million and one incidents in the game or uh, bounces of the ball and all the rest of it. And I don't think they want to boil it down to one particular decision. There was the Ginevan 50. There was obviously the um, the uh, Papley one as well. I think an informal view you'd find is that more was pushed in the side than in the back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Collingwood made mistakes as well. Moore, I guess, conceded a goal, but did a lot of brilliant things. Cox dropped a mark in the square. Um, there was lots of different incidences, you know, in the in the whole game when it boils down to it. So that's the AFL's position. No position on the umpiring at this stage. And just finally, the AFL clubs are all meeting today with the AFL in at Crown. The big issue there is Tasmania. It's on the agenda, finally. The clubs will get access to a data room of information this week. The aim, once they've had time to consider that information, there's no stadium uh, in, in the bid, but they'll have time to consider that. Gill's putting it back on the clubs. They're the stakeholders to decide. There could be a vote on Tasmania now as soon as next week. It's grand final week. I'll bring you all the latest on our social channels and any updates uh, with audio during the week because there's so many stories around the trade situation evolving. The Bulldogs, though, just repeating that information that they've extended the offer to Dunkley and the Grundy move to Melbourne, my understanding, is on. And uh, that'll sort of all come to light the next few days. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.